0: Welcome to Smartest Energy Talks, the power market podcast from the next generation energy company.
1: Okay, hello everyone and welcome to today's non-commodity costs webinar. It's our first one back for 2020 and it is brought to you live from our new head office here in Canary Wharf. I'm Mark Cox, the Strategic Account Manager here at Smartest Energy and I'll be taking you through this month's headlines. Now, alongside me was meant to be Tom Putney, who is our Head of Pricing, but we've just had news that he became a dad last night. So Chris Riley and Alex Wormsley from his pricing team have very kindly stepped in this morning. So hi, Alex. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. Hello. So, what's in the headlines? Well, the capacity market is back, so we'll be catching up on the very latest auction results and what this means for consumer bills. But sadly, triads are going. So, we're going to look at last winter and we're going to consider how the new changes under the TCR could impact businesses. And then finally, CFD costs are really pushing up so we're going to take a special look at what's going to come online and how much businesses should be putting in their finance budgets so we begin with uh, just an overview and looking at the uh, breakdown of a sort of typical medium-sized business energy bill now the dark blue bars at the bottom show the wholesale cost and this is pretty Low at the moment so as you can see it's not adding any real upward pressure on overall energy costs and we're plotting that a delivered price is around 14 pence per kilowatt hour this coming year then looking ahead we forecast rising overall delivered costs and a lot of this is coming through from higher use of system and low carbon subsidy costs. So we're gonna go on and look at these in a lot more detail during the webinar today. And then just finally, we don't normally feature the taxes and levies. So this is the uh, area in gray on the bar. And the reason for this is that it makes up a relatively small cost overall on the bill but there are a few interesting things which are happening. So I'm just gonna cover them now. So climate change levy, that really jumped up last year, but from the 1st of April this year, CCL will actually come down very slightly to 0.811 pence per kilowatt hour. And then if you hold a climate change agreement, the percentage CCL discount is coming down ever so slightly from 93% to 92%. And finally, AAHEDC. Now, this is a subsidy scheme to reduce very high distribution costs in North Scotland. Now, that's going to see quite a hefty increase of around 28 million from the current 60 million industry subsidy level. So expect that rate to go up from April, but as I've said, these still only make up a small part of the overall bill. So we do take a quick look at the wholesale just to sort of set the, set the scene. And as I've already mentioned, wholesale prices are historically at a low point. Here we can see the recent seasonal movements in base load, base load power and the direction of travel is pretty clear as you can see in front of you so the next two summer seasons which are in blue are both trading below 40 pound a megawatt hour and in fact this summer it's currently down at around 34 pound a megawatt hour and we can see that this winter coming up in gray is trading at just over 40 pounds a megawatt hour So, what's been moving the power price lower well there's a whole number of factors so for example the mild temperatures seen over the winter just gone Uh, general oversupply of lng then ukraine and russia agreed a new contract allowing the trading of gas that was back in december and we saw oil prices take a real big tumble uh, due to russia not agreeing further OPEC supply cuts and I think is very well documented across all of global media as the corona virus fears have intensified there's been falls right across all commodities and indeed world markets. Now just as a very brief aside to the webinar I've been asked to say that Smartist has published a very recent update on our covid-19 business continuity plan and anyone uh, can read that on our website and it is uh, featured on our homepage okay so we're going to get into the uh, the main webinar here and we're starting off with environmental charges and we begin with the renewables obligation So, although this has now closed to new entrants, it continues to be the biggest subsidy scheme cost on consumer bills, sitting just above a a pretty high watering £23.5 a megawatt hour this coming year. As you can see on the solid blue central case line, there's only a very slight downward adjustment to our previous forecasts. So we expect our row to stay fairly flat next year in 2021, but we are projecting a higher rate up at about 24 pounds in 2022, 23. So I'll bring uh, Alex and Chris in at this point. Uh, Guys, why is the the upper and the lower case so range bound in our projections?
0: It really comes down to the obligation level that best sets each year which defines the amount of RO back generation that suppliers need to either purchase rocks or pay it out for each year. This is set six months in advance and this is based on Bess's view of demand generation load factors. Historically, we've seen this vary quite a lot year on year and hence this is why we still see quite a wide band going forwards.
1: Lovely. Thank you, Alex. just about that, guys. Good, so I think uh, just before we move on from RO, we need to mention about mutualization because this cost is not factored into these projections. And as you probably already know, the scheme, the RO scheme requires that all suppliers source a percentage of their supply from renewable sources or they have to pay into a buyout fund, a buyout penalty. So as we've been covering quite closely in these webinars, where a supplier has unfortunately gone out of business owing money into this fund, Ofgem has had to spread these shortfalls across all other suppliers, and that is what's known as mutualization. So for 2018 19, the overall shortfall in the fund was 97.5 million, and this worked out at an extra 0.0 Three six pence per kilowatt hour for everybody, and Smartis has processed these mutualisation payments on last month's invoices. Now it looks like about six suppliers uh, have already gone bust between April 19 and the start of this year. I'm not sure they're particularly large suppliers, but it is worth making some further provision for RO mutualisation payments. Uh, in this current year but as I say hopefully it won't be as much as the previous year so the feeding tariff okay what's been happening here well again we've made a small downward tweak to our central case forecast for the current year 2019 2020 which we think will outturn at about six pounds ten a megawatt hour but of course we haven't had our final quarter of actual scheme costs through yet so there could still be some final adjustments to that figure our forecast for the coming year 2020 2021 is just over six pounds fifty and like our row although the fit scheme is closed to new projects we still as you can see are forecasting steady rises year and year in all scenarios so i'll bring the bring the team back in here why why is this guys alex
0: one of the big drivers will be inflation the tariffs are indexed each year which leads to increasing costs another of the key drivers eligible demand especially around the green certificates and eii exemptions which are leading to a fall in eligible demand and hence a higher pounds per megawatt hour rate there will also be load factor-driven variability, i.e., in a sunny in a sunny year, will drive higher costs.
1: Yes, thank you, thank you very much, Alex. Okay, so moving on now and looking at the uh, the CFD. So this is the subsidy scheme that was brought in to replace the RO, and it's where successful bidders of new large-scale low-carbon generation get a guaranteed strike price for their power by way of a a top-up payment against the wholesale price and this cost is already adding around six pounds 50 a megawatt hour onto bills now as you'll be able to see here in front of you in every scenario we've modeled it looks set to go up and up on the uh, consumer bill And this is as more and more projects are going to get awards and start to come online now you will see on the solid blue line that we are increasing our central case projection each year by quite a bit by around about a pound roughly a megawatt hour to our previous most likely central case and this is mainly down to the much lower wholesale prices that we've already looked at because what that means is that the the top-up subsidy payment which as we know is the difference between the agreed strike price and the wholesale market is then going to cost a lot more so what we're saying is that it is very important to factor in these higher costs into your Energy budgets for this coming financial year and beyond. So, just to bring all this to life a little bit more for you, we've charted all the new generation that have won CFD contracts and that are set to come online over the next uh, couple of years. So, guys, again, I'll I'll bring you in just to go through the main highlights here. And, uh, yep, Alex, over to you.
0: The main takeaway from this chart is that the vast majority of new capacity will be derived from intermittent generation, i.e. wind, which will increase volatility in the scheme costs going forwards as a large proportion of total capacity is increasingly dependent on the weather rather than baseload technologies such as biomass. Generally we've seen big increases in the rates over the past month driven by the large falls in wholesale market which Mark has previously mentioned, as generators are paid a top-up from the prevailing wholesale price, this means that supply obligation costs increase. We're also seeing some big assets coming online in the, in the coming year. In particular, the 400-megawatt Hunsey Phase Two offshore wind farm is expected to start soon, and the T-side biomass is expected on later this year, which has a 299-megawatt capacity and a strike price of £125 a megawatt hour in 2012 money. And is expected to have high load factors so will have a noticeable impact on the overall rate.
1: That's great yeah thank you very much uh, Alex and I think it's also worth noting here that the government is now consulting on allowing onshore wind and solar back into CFD auctions ahead of the next round and the view is that this should hopefully create uh, an even more competitive framework And if that is the case, in theory, it should lead to cheaper contract awards and a lower cost through to consumer. Well, that's that's the theory, but we'll continue to kind of monitor this and update these forecasts as well. Um, I've just been handed a note from the team here that I mentioned at the start we'll be running some polls. We will be, but they're going to pop up towards the end when we cover off any questions. So, uh, yep, hold on for them. Right, we're now going to take a look at the capacity market. So this is the national grid scheme that pays providers for basically making extra capacity available onto the network should it ever be needed. So the solid bars on this chart, they show the amount of capacity which has been secured each winter or due to be secured. Uh, so we can see that's roughly round about up at the 50 gigawatt mark and then i would ask you to look at the uh, the red line which crosses the bars because this is our forecast of the peak winter charge and as you can see this really does swing about year to year so this is the estimate of the peak charge that's applied to volume consumed between november and february monday to friday 4 till 7 pm so that winter weekday evening peak and the big swings really reflect the different outturn auction prices for each delivery year which is really they really have moved around a lot so this winter coming up we forecast is going to be one of the highest capacity market costs and as you can see that red line there is up at around 110 pounds a megawatt hour in that peak winter charge window so again make sure that you've uh, budgeted for these higher estimates in your uh, finances this year now because of the schemes well-documented suspension back in november 2018 by the european court which was then reinstated a year later the original planned auction schedules had to be shifted about so i'll ask the the guys to come in and just bring us up to speed with all the latest auctions and results and that's over to you chris
2: uh, yeah, sure. Uh, a lot's happened since the last update. We've had three auctions since then. So the first one was the T-3 auction for 2022. And this was delayed due to the CM standstill. And in this auction, 45 gigawatts was procured at quite a low clearing price of 644. So Gas fire, fire generation won more than half the capacity, with interconnectors and nuclear being the second and third highest technologies, respectively. And then we also had the T minus one coming for this coming winter. And this only did about one gigawatt and about a record low clearing price of one pound per kilowatt. And then more recently, we had the T minus four auction for 2023. This was slightly better news for generators with 43.7 gigawatts procured at 15.97 pounds per kilowatt. And again, similar to the T-3, the majority of the wind was coming from gas and then interconnectors. But in this one, we also saw the first onshore wind asset, but it only gained quite a small uh, volume of about 10.5 megawatts.
1: Great. No, thank you, Chris. That's uh, that's, that's really, really good. And I think, uh, again, I'll just make another comment on mutualization here so the industry and and consumers did get hit with some really big uh, capacity market mutualization payments for the 2018-19 and this is really because whilst uh, the scheme was in this standstill period suppliers couldn't pay back into the scheme for that year so what happened was that those suppliers which unfortunately did Go out of business ended up lowing, owing a lot more money into the into the scheme. So I think the better news for 2019-20 is that any CM mutualisation is probably going to be much more limited. Uh, our current view is it probably less than a million pounds across the uh, industry. Okay, so we're going to march on now and look at the system and network charges and we'll begin with uh, duos so these are our projections of the distribution costs and we have remodeled this based on a typical sort of average business and we've looked at a red band peak rate so we have separated out uh, north scotland which is on the gray line as this pretty much does its own thing up there and then what we've done is averaged out all the other network areas on the yellow dotted line and this indicates to us that duos costs are likely to go up year on year on average as the line is always above the 0% uh, point on the left axis so 0% being no change but As you can see from the highest and the lowest cost, which is the blue and the dark line, this trend will depend on where your site is located in the country. So, guys, uh, we are hearing about some changes planned around 2022 with Duos. Could you update us on that, please? Yes, thank you, Chris.
2: Yeah, sure. So the TCR changes that are impacting TNUOS are also going to be changes to DUOS from April 22. So they're going to be similar to the TNUOS ones, but just a year later. I'm sure we'll talk about the TNUOS ones afterwards. Uh, so they're basically the residual charges are moving from a unit rate to fixed charges. But in, in DUOS, residual is quite a small component of the bill. And DUOS already has a fixed component. So the cha- charges, the changes aren't very substantial for the tenu- uh, for.
1: Do you ask, uh, compared to tenuos okay yeah thank you very much and we are indeed going to go on and talk about tenuos so this is the transmission use of system and we have separated out the Scottish regions again because there's not much demand there and the tariffs are much lower so that's the spout and the Hyde at the bottom on the chart here we have then combined and averaged out all the other regional tariffs on the solid dark bar and then we have separately shown the highest and the lowest tariffs in that kind of collective so you can see the actual range so if we're taking that average line then we expect continued increases into nuance charges each year however exactly how that cost is going to be charged by national grid on businesses is about to change and it's a pretty significant change too so guys can i ask you just to talk a little bit about the targeted charge review the tcr and how do expect things are going to change for businesses as to you alex thank you all right so the tcr
0: will bring in substantial changes so it's worth keeping up to date on these under the TCR, residual charges, i.e. the sunk costs, will move from triad charging to a fixed charge. Currently, residual makes up a large proportion to so costs, approximately 80-90%, and so this will have a big impact. There will still be triads going forwards, however, the value associated with them will be greatly reduced. Ultimately, this means that triad reduction will not be such a viable activity going forwards. But we're still waiting on the final details from the industry on what the charges will look like, but when we do get these, we'll share these as soon as we have them
1: yeah, no, thank you alex yeah we we, we most definitely will will do that, but uh, yeah, I mean, what looks certain is that uh, the current uh, system of triad charging is is gonna not it well, won't be won't be uh, continuing uh, after after next uh, winter and so that what that means is that there obviously is still one more winter to to go um, and we thought therefore we would just have a little reflection on the winter just gone uh, and I just want to emphasize at this point that National Grid haven't yet officially published the 2019 2020 triads we expect those to be confirmed around the middle of next week. So what you're looking at here are the current uh, indicative results. And these three indicative triads, uh, we've shown them here on on the blue line. So these are the highest peak demands, which were 10 days apart. And they have all happened before Christmas last winter. And that is unusual. And I think will, in part, reflect the milder winter that we had this year. We also know that the first two are both on Mondays and that is more common and they both peaked between 5 and 5.30. And the third indicative triad has fallen on a Tuesday and that's a slightly earlier peak between 4.30 and 5. And again as is becoming more and more common the actual three peak demands were pretty flat at around 45 gigawatt, and that can make it more difficult to predict. So, Smartis still issues alerts to thousands of business stakeholders each year, and providing that these indicative triad results are confirmed as actuals, then it's good to see that we would have called all three, and we actually graded them as likely or very likely to happen, and I just did a count up. In actual facts, I believe we only issued around 12 alerts in total over the last winter, and that's about half what we would normally send over a normal winter. So uh, that would be our best kind of alert performance uh, so far. So, as I've mentioned, one more winter to go under the current charging method, and if your business can manage demand around these peaks, then you can, can realize some pretty strong savings in the region of about £50,000 for every megawatt hour drop across the uh, average triad demand. So I think our message here is, is go for it and uh, feel free to sign up to our alert service for this winter. And in terms of the reconciliation on any password contracts, then we normally process them on the May invoices. So keep an eye out for those. Okay, so we're going to finish up now, just looking at the Bajours, so the balancing use of system, and we are really seeing some some really significant volatility around Bajours. So. In front of you is a 12-month rolling average, and I think it really emphasizes just how much balancing costs have been going up and up this year. So, guys, just to bring you in again, I guess the, the big question is what has been driving up these higher balancing costs? Chris, thank you.
2: Yeah, the, the main driver of this is, is the constraints where during times of high renewable output, national grid are having to pay renewable generators to stop generating and, and turn up more conventional power plants. And this is be, not because there's not enough generation to de- meet demand. It's more that there's not enough network capacity to move the electricity where it's needed. And over the past few months, we've also had high wind speeds with the past two wind uh, storms, which were Cara and Dennis and, uh, This has also been even worse because of the HVDC link going offline for about a month between January and February. Um, Also, it's worth mentioning as well. In the past, we saw a lot of basuas who was very uh, weighted on the shoulder months, but this has not been seen so much over this winter.
1: Yeah, sure. No, thank you, thank you, Chris. So yeah, a lot, a lot of things really uh, pushing that uh, basuas cost up and up, and. The last slide on, on Peugeot and indeed on the webinar is the uh, National Grid forecast. So, we've just previously looked at what's been happening to Peugeot, but this is looking at what might happen according to National Grid's uh, forecast, as I say. And I think it's safe to say that we don't quite share. The same view as this, uh, I think particularly as we look out towards their forecast drop off in the winter months towards the end of the chart, and that red line there is actually the average uh, outturn for the previous year, and just to emphasize this point, if we looked at February twenty uh, on its own, then that was up at around four pounds. 68 so it's actually off off this chart here so guys again just where you know we've really seen bajuos rocketing this winter do do you think that this looks a little bit optimistic from national grid
2: from national grid yeah i think so i think obviously master Grid's forecast hasn't changed a great deal even though the the outturns has been very high so i think this is quite optimistic from national grid to be honest
1: yeah, no thank you chris so um there we go maybe they will be updating this uh this 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 forecast and uh just before we uh move into the q a there is uh, i understand an industry task force that's uh currently looking at how the itself is charged and what do you would you guys know about this
2: yeah so this is the follow-up from the tcr which uh offgem decided to start charging BUSUOS and gross generation, which essentially meant that the current BUSUOS and better it will be removed from April 21. And as part of this decision, AFDEM kicked off a second BUSUOS task force following last year's one to look at whether BUSUOS does or should provide a forward-looking signal. So this uh, second task force is looking at who pays BUSUOS and how it's recovered. And I think this, the scenarios that they should, uh, are under investigation is would it be whether transmission connected generators should still pay, should embedded generators pay, or should BISOUS be fixed rather than calculated on our turn?
1: Great. No, thank you very, very much, Chris uh, and, uh, and Alex. Thank you for helping us here today. And that's it. So that does bring this webinar to a close. I want to say a massive thank you to Alex and Chris stepping in at the last minute today. Really appreciate that. And obviously for everybody that's uh, registered and has listened in. So on behalf of uh, everybody here, the webinar team, um, thank you all once again and goodbye for now. Thank you.